Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Hello Christy. Are you there? Or, no, I'm sorry. Gillian. Gillian, are you it's there? Gillian, yes. Hi, is this Julie? This is Julie. I am so sorry. You would not believe us trying to get live this morning, and technically we are live at this particular moment, so we are going to have to edit this beginning out um, in post-production, so if anyone's listening live, I apologize for that. We had some very interesting sign-in issues, which we will not go into at the moment because we just want to get into this amazing interview. Um, Is it Gillian or Gillian? It's Gillian. It's Scottish. I have quite a heritage behind my name. Ah, I love it. Gillian. Uh, Gillian Christie. All right. Well, I am so excited to have you here. I'm going to go ahead and run the music and get it started um, as if we were um, just starting normally. (laughs) How does that sound? Uh, You know, it's the holiday. And if anything can go wrong, it will. But let's just make sure that it's a happy call. That sounds wonderful. Thank you. All right. We will get going. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Women Entrepreneurs Radio slash podcast show. I am Julie Brain Lady Anderson, and I'm really happy to be with you this morning. Uh, we, we, we had a little bit of a hiccup, but we are just going to go with it and move on to this wonderful interview that we have for you today. I want to tell you a little bit about what, who we are at Women Entrepreneurs real quick. We are the one-stop shop for women wisdom and success. And one of the ways, our goal, our, our vision, our mission at WomenEntrepreneursExtraordinaire.com and the company ourselves, we are all about helping to support women in business and to facilitate more success for women across the board in your business, whether it's an entrepreneur business like our name, or even if you have a career, there's a lot of bits and wisdom in these interviews that we do that can work for you no matter what stage of your life you are at or what where you are at in business, whether that is for yourself or working for a corporation. So we have lots of great interviews, lots of great information. Be sure to check out the past show page, the past shows that we've done. But for now, I want to focus on today and who our guest is for di- for today. And our guest is Gillian Christie, and we are going to hear about her story. Let me tell you a little bit about Gillian here. For more than 27 years, Gillian has helped ethical pardon me, helped ethical companies reach new markets and grow by transforming them into winning brands. Prior to starting her full-service marketing and communications agency, Christy & Co., she worked in an international finance and spent many years as the host of a syndicated green radio talk show. Through communicating via the airways, was a, though communicating via the airways was a childhood dream of hers, she eventually decided that she could not change the world to the degree she wanted as a radio host. 
So that means that in 1994, she founded Christie Co. as the CEO, which has rebranded hundreds of businesses that benefit humanity and the planet for greater success in the market. The hundreds of companies she has rebranded are in a variety of different industries, such as food and beverage, health and wellness, green building construction, and agriculture. By helping ethical companies realize their dreams, Gillian is helping the good guys win, as she puts it, which makes the world a better place. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how do you do that? How do you make your business better by telling the brand story through marketing? And I know this is a topic that every woman business owner needs to hear about. So, Gillian, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much. It's, an, it's such an honor to talk to the brain. I mean, for someone whose history is so deep in understanding humanity, it's actually a great pleasure to get to know you and get to help others. Oh, I'm looking forward to this because you know what? I, I focus myself. I focus on, on the neuroscience, not on marketing. So this will be great for me and my team. <laughs> Absolutely. Gotta, I'm looking forward to hearing about your, your gems throughout the years. So let's just get started with um, what kind of brought you to where you are at today. So when I, when I read that, the, you know, your, um, your bio there, you were working, you were a, a radio host, and you were working in an international, um, uh, or working in international finance, so quite different than doing branding. So what led you to creating Christian Co. and getting into the marketing field. Yeah, you know, it's actually really interesting because it may sound disconnected, but um, I go back a little bit in the history as when you had asked me, is my name Gillian or Gillian? Gillian is my Scottish heritage, but I come from a very unique family. My father, I grew up on the East Coast near north of Baltimore, and my father was a famous, Peter Christie was a famous Bauhaus architect, so most people probably don't know what that concept was, but in the 50s and 60s, he was doing green architecture. He was looking at light and life differently. He did the first eco-hospital, and then his father, Alexander Graham Christie, was a head of engineering at Johns Hopkins, so I come from this unique Scottish family. We had to play the bagpipe, wear the kilt, the whole thing. He kept telling me single malt was a vegetarian drink, and that's the weird sense of humor I got to grow up with when you have a lot of PhDs floating around, and ironically, uh, I was the last attempt at a son, so I have many sisters ahead of me. And I thought, wow, what am I learning from this man who's a humanist? He's doing green building when no one was thinking like this way. And I literally spent a lot of time watching and learning from him. And so one day he turns to me, and I'm probably no more than 10 years old, and he said, so what are you going to do? And I just having been raised with this sort of intellectual influence around me and engineering minds, you know, it's very get it done. Um, I said, you know, Dad, I'm, I'm going to write taglines because I thought that was like the haiku of the universe. I'm going to be in talk radio because I had grown up with my little AM radio at the head of my bed, and I'm going to stop war. And he goes, great, go for it. So how all this evolves to how I am today was – literally learning about business from every aspect. And you said, well, how could I be doing international accounting? I was working for a nonprofit in the European market. Well, accounting is another form of communication. It's just communicating with numbers. And I realized that I really did have this very deep intention. And my education, believe it or not, was more in philosophy and fine art. And 
finance just came to me because it must be being my DNA or something. It was, it was almost like I could close my eyes and I could do international accounting. But I was I came back to the U.S. Um, my ex-husband had brought me back to Santa Barbara, which I'm sure many women entrepreneurs can understand. Sometimes life changes of what you're doing based on your spouse and what their goals were. And so we moved to Santa Barbara, and he left me. when I had two children, and I'd just given birth to my second daughter. And I said, well, great, now I have this launch pad. What can I do, and where will I really make that difference? So, yes, I did do 12 years in talk radio, and I'm restarting my show at some point in the not-too-distant future. But, you know, one microphone wasn't really making the impact. I still had this vision that we could make the world better together. We could evolve. And most women have this. I think it's an innate to the female perspective and maybe you can even tell me from your science and research it's true we think differently as women so I thought you know I looked around Santa Barbara beautiful city I thought great but half of the town was agriculture the other was military industrial and I thought my god you know you guys can make it green and blow it up in the same town what am I going to do and how am I going to address that goal that I had way back in since my youth to use communication of any format to change the world I realized that I had to look at this whole thing and go, my gosh, war isn't a philosophy. It's a business, and I'm going to beat them at their own game. So I built Christie & Co. based on the business model called Making Peace Profitable. So what did we do? We, Because I understand design and graphics, and I've been in that category for quite a while, I built Christie & Co. with the idea that if I can find people – even like you, Julie, or anyone who's out there who is making impact in the world and help them make more impact by being successful, that's what I was going to dedicate my life to. So for 28 years now, it's now 28 years, we've been doing this, and we look for products and companies and ideas and concepts that are needed, that are going to change the world, and that the person who's leading that company wants to be a leader because – You know, today war is not the guns and territorial type of conflicts that are out there. It's biochemical. It's it's media. It's these different channels. And I just thought, you know what? I truly believe we can all get along. Can we do it? So that's the core of our company. And like it said in the introduction, and I appreciate the accolades, is that I'm a service-oriented person. I'm here to serve those who change the world. And that's the basis of our business. I I love it. I love I always love hearing what led a person down the path to get to where they were. And it's very interesting because I've talked to many marketers over the years, many brand branding companies and not once have I had come across this unique take on it, the one where you you know, tell the story the way you did and that you're really working to help create that green Right, that you know, look at the that how can it be environmentally positive and and positive for the world as a whole. So that's a very interesting twist. I love it. I love it. So, what is the ethos that drives the work you do at Christie and Co? You know, ethos is one of those exciting words. You know, I unfortunately I went to one of those little schools back east where I had to learn Latin and things like that. And and this is a word that has so much deep meaning for us as well. Is that People in the marketing world sometimes consider all they do is making posts on Facebook or, you know, they look at the minutia of it. We do all the services, but we look at the macro. So the ethos of this company is really 
how can we be responsible for the success we're going to create? I'm not going to help sell guns, drugs, and alcohol. I'm just not going to do that because what is the effect of that success? If I can influence every other marketer out there to stop working for unethical companies and stop making unethical people successful, that alone will change the world. So we literally, when we're looking at something, A, we are responsible. So we go forward and we think, well, if I make this rooibos grower in South Africa, we do a lot in the herbal world and natural medicine and things like that because actually it's there to help people be better, you know, will that cooperative of farmers be actually able to help the lifestyle in South Africa and is it done well? And then when we bring that into the market and actually good for you, it's anti-carcinogenic, I don't want to get into the history behind the plant. But we went and we built this into something that became so successful, even Oprah put rooibos, it's a tea that comes from South Africa exclusively, into her tea. We just connected the world. So above and beyond what we do with communications, branding, and marketing, we also have three other parts of our company. And and we'll get into it a little bit later. Why did I get involved in investment? Well, because ethical entrepreneurs would bump into something, and it often was money. And because I'm trained in the financial side, we thought, good, how can we change the whole dynamic of money and make sure good money goes to good projects? And we also have a nonprofit side of our business because we believe that every company can do more than just have a beautiful bottom line is that we go into war zones and we help orphans be entrepreneurs and not child soldiers. So how do we stop the war cycle, right? These poor children in northern Sri Lanka, we were there for three years. How could we give them a route to being self-sufficient and it's not because they have to go back into the military complex? We did it in Bhutan. We did it in Sudan. You know, and so you go into these environments and believe me, it's excruciatingly humble. You become very humble. Success for us isn't, oh my gosh, I have a plaque on the wall. I I don't collect plaques. I actually avoid them as best I can. But on the other side, my plaques are seeing happy children who now, even though they may have no mommies and daddies because somebody wanted to make money on some war somewhere, they now knew they could take care of themselves. So that's the ethos. Can we empower the ethical individuals to survive better as functioning individuals in society, and then can we all get along? Ultimately, my end purpose is that I think we can evolve society to something where aesthetics and art and thought could be appreciated more than a, a latest gamer type of thing, not to discriminate mm-hmm. against gamers, but I just think, gosh, think of the intelligence that people are applying, and you must look at this in your business all the time, they're thinking over here, but they could use that thought to do something better. So that's our ethos is can we all get along and can we use that incredible intelligence each of, each of us have been given to, to create something that um, will make this all work a little more ethically. That's it. I love it. It's, it's so interesting as I listen, and I've, I, I encourage all my listeners to go to Christy and dot co. Is her yeah because we're four uh, different companies yeah right so I I just want people to understand it's not dot com it's christyann.co so I want uh, yeah I want everybody to realize that when they go to your your page because you have look at her mission page look at their mission page it really is amazing and and listening to your story I'm very moved by the thoughts that you have put into your company as you're building it 
and the the t things that the give back the the nonprofit side of what you do. So now that must mean that you you are going to only align yourself with companies that match your mission or your your principles, if you will. So what qualities are you looking for then in potential clients? Because I would assume you're you're going to be you're going to be choosy. Well, you know, choosy kind of makes it sound elitist, and I am nothing but an everyday person trying to make impact, so I don't kind of put myself above anyone. I was raised in Episcopal girls' school. I was raised with faith and purpose, and my dad being a humanist was really like, how do you incorporate everyone into the view? So I would say that <laughs> I know this may sound very unscientific, and maybe someday you'll come scientifically and tell me how my theory has, has, a, has an actual science behind it, but my dad's mom, a lovely lady, was a painter, and um, she painted all of our portraits and things like that. And she was painting me, and I was probably about seven years old at the time. She told me that I twinkled, and I didn't. I thought it was a disease. I didn't know what it meant. I thought, okay, thanks, Grandma. And she goes, no, Gilly, you always have to find the people who twinkle. And I realized over the years what that meant. And you may say, well, okay, you're looking for certain kind of products and things like that. And I actually look at things the same way an impact investor, because we have that side of our business as well. You look for the people who are alive, who want to take on the fight, who want to know. And I know any woman entrepreneur, we could have a long conversation of how maybe it's not a level playing field out there. And I'm sure we can all tell horror stories of being hit on, things like that, you know. But the truth of the matter is, is that our core, when we look for a company, I don't just look at the product, the sourcing, how they treat their employees. I mean, obviously those are intimate to, the, to us choosing a client. But I've learned to look a little broader to the fact of, is that person who's going to lead the growth, the expansion, the success, is there a little bit of twinkle there that means that they've got something special and that by highlighting them and giving them a platform of greater success, they're going to spread it? So I don't scientifically know what that means other than that. It's this point of is a person alive? Are they aware and are they going to fight the good fight and stay persistent? So I think that's how we look. But what I learned, and just to add a final segment because I obviously don't know how to have short answers, um, I've learned – not to be so exclusive that were I to look at a company, a billion, $2 billion type of client, and realize, well, maybe not 100% of what they do is the right that I see is right, but can I be in that company and help them evolve? And we've been doing that a lot in the last couple of years. We're coming on board with what I think are heritage brands in America, you know, the Procter & Gamble's and things like that, because they've established themselves, but they've sort of forgot how to reinvent themselves with core values that are relevant to all the demographics. So I've learned not to just look for ones that are already good. I'm looking for ones that are good that could be better. And it's amazing what will happen because everyone, I think, basically has that purpose and maybe you scientifically can prove it too, that man is basically good and he seeks to survive. Could we help them do that better? I love that. And and perhaps um, more looking for companies who are open-minded, who are, who are willing to, to expand their thinking might be a better way to look at it. Because I like that, that you look at the, the company for what they are and then see the potential for what they can be. If that's, that's marketing. Safe. 
(laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just interesting that you said that you've interviewed so many marketers. See, I see marketing as futurists and philosophers because when you come out of college with a philosophy degree, there isn't really – you know, you go into Craigslist and stand-up philosopher wanted, and it wasn't like there was a lot of openings, you know. And I realized that today's philosophy is marketing. It is being responsible for putting a thought into the future, which is all marketing is, right? We want you to drink uh, goat, you know, uh, oat milk or something because maybe cow's milk isn't good for you. That's a thought in the future. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting what we all get to do. Very neat. Now, how important then is the brand story, because we just touched on marketing, but the brand story, how important is that to success of a company? Yeah, it's a really good question. And and, and how do you draw, I was just going to say, and then in extension to that, how do you draw and get the most of the brand story in the marketing? So you've got to come up with the brand story, how important is that, and then how do you wrap that in or, you know, parade that into your marketing. Yeah, it, it's become a bit of an ambiguous term. I was kind of thinking back, you know, going, well, brand story is the original marketing. Before there was printing presses, et cetera, et cetera, it was word of mouth. You know, hey, you should buy your cow from that person, and that was a story. What's happened today is that we've gotten a little introverted into this is my story and my story is important. And I can tell you that's not how a story should be created. We have our, because one must remember in the marketing concept, you are not selling to yourself. You are selling to some audience of people that you would like to either introduce your service or concept or product to. And what we do that makes us different is we've developed our own methodology of called conversion market research where we actually through good manners and one-on-one conversations with people, please avoid survey market marketing, please, uh, monkey, please avoid like focus groups. They don't work. We do this one-on-one approach where we actually find out what people are buying and doing now because that's what you're going to convert them from, their likes and dislikes. And then we find out when we introduce a new concept or an idea, what is meaningful to them, not to us, but to them. We're never selling ourselves. We're selling something that we want that person to absorb. And then from that, we go and do a lot of homework called a brand architecture. In respect to my father, one we just developed was 954 slides because we have to analyze the whole market, the white space, the place where the story can go. And then we write the story relevant to what the audience wants to know. Amazingly, you never overestimate the intelligence of an audience because they're inundated with data all the time. So the story is important, but it isn't what you think the story should be. It's what they want to hear. Remember, 65% of the U.S. population is functionally illiterate. So what you want to make sure is that the story is in their reality. It's a subject they want to know about. And on the other side, it's in words they can understand so you don't come up with some lingo or language that is relevant to you. It's got to be relevant to them. As an example, I'll just do a really quick example because we do this for a lot of companies. Um, we were brought on board with a the first frozen dessert, a non-dairy frozen dessert in the market. It was by a company called Turtle Mountain, God knows why, and the product was called Soy Delicious. And so there we are going, and it's in the natural industry, and it's doing really, really well. And it went into mass market, completely died. So we went through this process of talking to the consumers in mass market, and what was it that they liked or disliked and what they chose? 
And ironically, coming out of this, they thought the word soy tasted bad and was going to be bad for them, and yet we didn't want to lose the audience. So what did we do? I dropped the Y. It became so delicious. The story became alternative, non-dairy frozen desserts. They now have coconut and a whole bunch of other ingredients. And the company sold last year for almost $200 million. That was the right story to the right audience. If we had just kept pushing, oh, it's soy, non-dairy de- dessert, it would have never made it in the market. And they then were able to diversify even within their own ingredient portfolio to be a lot of different products. We also made it look like Briars and we did the branding. But that was just an example of finding the exact right barrier as well as the right story and then telling that story in words and images they could understand. So it isn't telling your story. It's telling the story that the consumer, A, can understand, and they want to hear. The worst is just babble. You know, oh, I suffered under, I can give a name of somebody who was telling their own story on how they'd suffered and came up with this natural product that solved their personal suffering. And I'd watch the audience, and the audience would fall asleep because each of these people were suffering from something. So we reoriented the story of the speaker to talk more about what was their problem. How could this help their problem? So one must remember in marketing, it's about them. It's not about us. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, sorry about that. I put myself on mute so I wouldn't make noise and disturb you. Um, That's awesome. And I love how making, sometimes it's just a matter of making such a small tweak that, that, you know, dropping a Y you know, and and making it, but you, yeah, you did that through your market research. That's that's fascinating. So this and that allows you that ability to get the maximum out of out of the the marketing potential. So great example, great example. So as the listeners are listening, that's a that's a great message that we can take back to our businesses. Is, is there a small tweak, a little move? that we can do to make our product, our services more appealing or really think about what does a, you know, think receiver, not sender. That's what I'm always telling people in the communication space, right? What do they need to see, feel, hear to jump on board with your brand and doing a little bit of market research. I like that. I like that. Ask them what their feedback is and Mm -hmm. be willing to accept it. Be willing to take Mm. it for what it is and put it to good use Mm. and not let your ego get in the way. (laughs) It's so true. Listening is one of the most vital parts, as you know, of anything. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you have, and I noticed this on your, um, on your page with your, your values. I believe that's where I saw it, but we have it here in the, in the Mm. interview information. What is dream to mainstream? What does that mean? Well, it was interesting because I had to sort of realize, well, what do I actually do, right? <laughs> what is the, it, 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 people ask me, well, you're such a strange company. You seem to do everything. And I thought, well, I think it's because I think like an architect, right? You want a building. I'm going to have to learn everything there is about the earth, the, the sky, the space, the wind, whatever, that we realize that, number one, people will come to us with a concept or an idea, and obviously we qualify that as a dream. It just seemed to be a nice way to start the thought process. And what we do is we make sure we analyze that in a way that we can define exactly what is they want to accomplish. And then, two, mainstream, 
our job is to get it from where they are, point A to point B. Is it they want to build a business and they want to exit or sell it, be acquired? Is it they want to build a legacy company and bring in their next generation of children? You know, we really look at all the aspects in the concept of defining the dream, but we jokingly say in the word two is everything we do. And I was saying a little bit earlier on, I didn't mean to get involved in investment, but we realized there was a space. So we actually have a whole investment side of our company called the Adventure Academy, and the V is capitalized for venture capital, and we put impact investors together, those who care about what they're investing in, because we realized that people, most people and entrepreneurs, and no matter who they are, go into a growth phase and they find out that funding that growth was going to be more challenging than they thought. So we bring in advisors, et cetera, to ensure they have the ethical team surrounding them so they don't get distracted. What else comes under the two? Well, we do the branding and the advice and the research and anything else. But it was all about how to get them from point A to point B, which is mainstream as the concept of wherever they want this goal to go, ironically, using the least amount of money necessary. We have defined this system so precisely. Remember, I'm Scottish. It's something in the DNA where we don't waste money is how can we get them from A to B so that their profits can go to something that's an even greater story? So the dream to mainstream just basically says, tell me who you are, where you want to go, and we'll get you there. I we have a gang of good. If you go to our website, those are past my two dogs and my team. We only have one dog now, but it's all right. And that team of gang of good are major opinion leaders around the world who are willing to help ethical entrepreneurs be successful. And they're just there because they believe we can make peace profitable. So that's how it all works together, believe it or not. I love it. I love the whole story. I love the whole brand. <laughs> It's it's awesome. It is. I, I I love hearing your your journey from you know from the the PhD the family of PhDs into creating this this company that's all about the story that drives into the brand and how to how to make that successful. So if you were to give as we close up one last question for you, one piece of advice your top piece of advice that you would give to our female women or our women entrepreneurs that are listening. Can I do two? Absolutely. (laughs) So the first one is believe in yourself. You know, I can think of a hundred times as a woman run business here in Santa Barbara, it was a male dominated town and all, you know, I just didn't give up. Number one, you know, just believe in yourself, believe in what you have as an ability The other one, which is an ironic one, is trust your gut. If something comes to you and it just doesn't seem right or the deal is like got something in it that doesn't – I always say dogs never gave up this ability. They have hackles and something doesn't seem right and they growl. We seem to make – try to figure out why it could be right. Believe me, women have an innate ability to really perceive something. Don't question yourself. That's what I would say out of all this. And then you know what? Win or lose, just keep persisting. You're, you will win if you perceive your goal is worthy, worthy, and it should win. And I'm here to help anybody who wants help. So believe me, my, I work an 80-hour week. I'm not dead yet, as Monty Python says. I have a lot more people to help, and we have to make this a better world together. I love it. I love it. Well, Gillian, thank you so much for being on the on the um, Women Entrepreneur Show today. You have been a delight to interview. I, I love the information. 
And we will absolutely uh, stay in touch. And for those of you who are listening, uh, all of her information, I apologize for those little bings there, um, all of her information is on our show page. So you can go to, again, as I said, it's Christy and it's Christy and dot co. So and is spelled out. So Christy and dot co is the online website. You can reach her at Gillian, G-I-L-L-I-A-N, at ChristyAnd.co. And then Facebook, Instagram, you can stay connected with Christy and her team at We Are Christy and Co. on both of those, Facebook and Instagram. So I will be following up and making sure that we we like you and follow you and stay connected with you. And um, she, we also have her business phone number there on the show page. So she she said she's open to you contacting her. She gave you the invite, so I encourage you to, to stay connected. And, Gillian, thank you again so very much for being on the Women Entrepreneurs Show today. Thank you, and happy holiday to everyone. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Well, that what a wonderful interview. I just I love this job. I love being able to do that. It's not even a job. It's just something I love to do and I'm passionate about, and I love interviewing dynamic women. And, of course, today's guest was absolutely fit into that category. If you want, I encourage you to stay connected with us as Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. You can like our page on, on Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. You can go to and join our group. On it is with the Women Entrepreneurs Group on Facebook. You can go to Instagram at we dot now on Instagram it's just w e dot extraordinaire, so shortened for Women Entrepreneurs dot extraordinaire. So we w e dot extraordinaire is our Instagram page, and we're we're just starting with that and getting it going. I'm not really sure what that is. <laughs> Sorry for that. I have no idea what that is. So I'm going to wrap this up. Stay connected with us. You have information. Send it to us or questions. Send it to us at info at your best mind or info at womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. All right. Until next week, have an amazing, amazing time and enjoy every moment. Thank mm-hmm. you.